0: podcast this is episode 11 my name is marley silverbrand and today on the podcast uh jerry unfortunately couldn't make it today he had uh, other uh situation he had another situation uh p- pop up but uh today uh, i'm joined by uh, cameron avery uh hey. he's one of my best friends and uh he also did the intro that you probably just heard uh and it's, it's a really good intro uh cameron how are you doing today
1: thank you i'm doing great how are you
0: i'm doing good uh since your since your this is your first episode on this podcast uh i always like to ask like how is your 2020 going just
1: good question just,
0: just because uh it's been a quite a rough year for and, sure yeah <laughs> uh,
1: you know it's been up and down um i was put on furlough in march and i actually just got a call back from the theater they're trying to open up next week assuming everything goes well so oh that's the first I've been unemployed pretty much for like six months um had a lot of time to work on my music do a little soul, soul searching you know and um it's been good you know I'm trying to stay positive I know there's a lot of negative things to that are swirling around but just trying to stay positive what about you
0: yeah, I, I'm doing the exact same thing just trying to keep my mental health there and going on walks like uh, in the evening yeah. or in the morning or at least I can do that now just because California isn't on fire anymore. well it's still right. on fire but the smoke and air quality is still Definitely somewhere cleared there. up yeah
1: I can I can see the blue sky for the first time
0: yeah it's and um it's not like an apocalyptic like setting with like the orange like freaking uh orange clouds and mm-hmm. yeah it's just. It's definitely looking up a little bit. We're still in the middle of a global pandemic, but uh I'm still staying positive and that's what the one main reason why I started doing this podcast just so I could like talk to my friends and talk to Jerry and just like kind of keep that freaking that um uh one-way conversation going and just
1: Yeah, I like it. I think yeah. I think the world needs some one-on-one dialogue, you know, every now and then.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh yeah. But yeah, you you actually just said that uh, you were fur- furloughed and the, they offered uh, your job back. You actually work at a movie theater, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, it's actually one of our topics. Like movie theaters are slowly opening back up, mainly because *Tenet* was yep. uh, basically Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan is just being stubborn about not releasing it to VOD. Uh, like, what do you think about that? Like do you like obviously you want a job
1: but it's like yeah it's definitely a big dilemma because uh excuse me uh the um unemployment stopped giving out uh the extra extra surplus of money a couple weeks ago so at this point anyone who's still receiving it is probably receiving what their income would be if not less at Mm -hmm. least that's where i'm at so like you know, I can make more money by going back to work, but I'm also putting myself in a roommates at risk. So it's something I have to consider. I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think, think uh, we definitely have to slowly start opening up, but I'm still being rational and cautious about it. But, uh, when it comes to the movie, the movies itself, I definitely, you know, there's nothing like a cinema experience. You know, it, it's really cool seeing these shows go straight to digital. Um, and whatnot, but there is something about the cinema that I do miss. Uh, with that being said, during a global pandemic is, I don't know. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to, to make those calls, I'd say. Yeah. I just wonder if it's Christopher Nolan, if he's actually making the, those decisions, or is it like the studio and the producers?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm just kind of making some assumptions that mm-hmm. that christopher nolan is the one pulling the strings on all this just because he has such a uh love of the like the cinema format and he doesn't want it to die so and he believes that his movie well all pretty much all of his movies like when they come out they're like blockbusters and that like tenant yeah. will save like the movie theater industry but but like uh the numbers have like come out like recently like tenant has been out for like a week and people aren't really going to the movies just because they don't want to really right. take that risk. Regardless of like I just got like a like we have Cinemarks up here in Sacramento and uh, and Regal Cinemas. Uh, I've been getting like emails like here and there about, about like um, oh we stepped up our cleanliness and we do restroom checks like every 30 minutes, and we're sanitizing everything. we're changing out the filters. it's like they're it's like movie theater companies are like basically on their hands and knees like saying yeah. like hey, you just you're safe here, don't worry but you
1: know they they I do think Regal is taking a lot of uh at least the, from what I hear from what my boss tells me is that they're taking a lot of the appropriate precautionary measures. Uh, mandatory masks. I think it's like the first two or three rows in each auditorium are going to be blocked off from the exits, mm-hmm. right? And twenty five percent capacity. And you you said it too. Um, people aren't going to just going to start showing up like crazy once they open it back up. So that's a little uh, optimistic for me. If I do decide to go back, it's not like I'm in Berkeley, and Berkeley as it is is kind of a not a huge movie going place so we don't get a lot of uh, a lot of business and i imagine when if they do open back up there will be hardly anyone there
0: yeah uh but we'll, we'll see like like when they do open up because but going back to like what you said like i respect like the cinema experience i think there's nothing like like as much as people say like hey i have a 75 inch tv and like this great sound system you really can't mimic something like that and like mulan came out on disney plus and I like I was tempted to like pay the thirty dollars and get the premium access, but I really wanted to see Mulan on like the big screen just because like a big action epic like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I, same with Tenet, like I I want to see that on the big screen, but I don't want to put myself at risk. And it it's super frustrating because ten like I've avoided like all the trailers for Tenet, like I have no idea what it's about, and it's the most it's the most like I. I Anxiety, like I have the most anxiety right now, just because I I basically muted like every single thing that is related to Tenet on Twitter. My roommate has seen Tenet, and he 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 won't say anything. Like he's not a jerk or anything like that, uh, which which is a good thing. But it's just like I I'm just afraid to go anywhere just because I don't want to see spoilers. And watching like the NBA playoffs, seeing like like the trailers for Tenet, I'm like putting my hand up over the TV just because I don't want to see. Uh, uh what's what's what is it what's it about it's just <laughs> to, to super be honest the,
1: the trailers don't even show that much as it is
0: Well, yeah it's just i like to go in like unsullied and just like i like that experience of like going into a theater like a dark room and just like being surprised at every moment so it's like i don't want to see like yeah. a scene in the trailer
1: you you don't want to be looking forward to something you saw on the trailer yeah because exactly. then you're setting yourself up for disappointment yeah Cause, um, you know, like what? Oh, I think it was the last Spider-Man movie that came out. Um, there were a couple scenes in the trailers that they never uh, put in the final cut. And yeah, I, I left the theater like, wait, I didn't. I didn't see that scene where he told the cops that he he he's taking their job and he's going on vacation. I never made it. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that. Not that that would be a disappointment, but kind of a.
0: Yeah, it's a really definitely a touchy subject with like cinema and like
1: movie going but i appreciate as long as they don't put spoilers in the trailer i'm i'm all for adding uh footage specifically for trailers you know
0: yeah um like i like you brought up spider-man like i like if i see like a marvel movie like i feel like i can see like a trailer for that just because I know what I'm going in for. Like I know, like like Marvel has like certain standards of like I like I'm not gonna be disappointed. Like Endgame, I avoided some of the trailers. Like I watched one, and then that's it. Mm -hmm. But other than other than that, like I usually try and just avoid everything. (laughs) So like, so it's it's super nerve wracking. But but yeah,
1: I did Um, that with uh, Star Wars, the Star Wars films. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I think I did. I can't remember. Yeah, that's... it was either that or I couldn't get enough of the trailers.
0: Like you watch like the first trailer that was res- that's released. I think it
1: was Last Jedi. I think when when Last Jedi was coming out, there was a lot of hype around it. Mm-hmm. And like when I was working at the theater, I could I could hear the tra- trailer start right. I could hear mm-hmm. the open like not the opening crawl, but the, like the Lucasfilm thing, and I would rush into the auditorium just to watch the trailer. Nice. <laughs> if only the actual movie was as satisfying as the trailer. Um, yeah. Uh... <laughs> we Boom. could we could
0: we could fight on that one cuz i i think last jedi is probably one of my favorite ones
1: to be honest um in hindsight i think last jedi is the best sequel yes
0: um, when it but...
1: came when it came out uh, like i loved it when i first saw it when i watched it for the second time and i when i kept going back into the auditorium the more and more i just started to gripe and gripe about it you know mm-hmm. but when rise of skywalker came out it allowed me to have a little bit more perspective on the storytelling i can appreciate ryan johnson a little bit more and what mm-hmm. he did with luke um i appreciate it i appreciate yeah, it more yeah i, don't I think it's great
0: <laughs> i think ryan johnson like he's one of my favorite filmmakers to like work be working today like i'm not sure if you've seen knives out but knives out oh, is that was
1: great it's was so great. good
0: such a th- such a good if I since we're that. talking about the cinema experience like such a good like theatrical experience it's like it's the perfect mm-hmm. movie theater movie, but I loved what Ryan Johnson did That's with a small. Go ahead.
1: i will just gonna gonna comment on that and how mm-hmm. like all the laughs are pulled off. You know, everyone's giggling and laughing in the auditorium for that movie. And yeah. out.
0: Uh but what I love what Ryan Johnson like did with Last Jedi is that he wasn't really afraid to like pull pull any punches. Like like just introducing like new uh things to like the star wars universe that it, but but it also made sense like mm-hmm. it's and also the I, I i go back and watch like the first minute of of last jedi the the um i guess we can't i guess we we don't it's not really a spoiler, it's not a spoiler yeah but it's at this the, point it's, it's the battle scene where they drop like they drop the bombs on the star destroyer yeah yeah i love I, what I love about that scene is that you you care about that, that um that one character. She has no lines of dialogue. It's completely silent, and you I care about more. I care more about her than anything Finn or or, or Poe has ever done, and she has no lines of dialogue. I think that's like
1: that's really- cool
0: really good storytelling
1: I, I i can see that point of view but i i think that could also be turned into a negative thing saying hey these main characters have little development and we care more about a character that has like five minutes of screen time mm-hmm. and her sister is, and like we love her more than we love her sister i think i, I think rose was annoying. yeah rose
0: was a little poorly developed but it's
1: did i don't see, know i did just see uh john boyega call out disney call, uh, he said that um i'd have to uh look it up but it it was along the lines of uh not taking care of his character but they took care of uh, poe dameron and other characters in the film they knew what to do with other characters and they didn't know what to do with him oh that he's not been he hasn't been afraid of uh speaking his uh his mind on twitter
0: yeah um i i i uh think john boyoke is like uh I really appreciate like like what he does and i'm glad that he's speaking up about uh about female like characters in in disney movies because they kind of get like the axe a little bit uh, because disney is kind of known for like oh disney princess oh the man is going to come save him and like and like you had like a character in rose that was supposed to be strong and then you you turn her into just like she falls uh, just kind of like a weak defenseless like character yeah. i don't know yeah it's it's a little it's, disappointing but they
1: totally try to retcon her in the last one
0: yeah uh, just like
1: yeah you know we understand we're just gonna push her to the side you know
0: right i i, I really don't remember rise of skywalker that much because it's i it was just i don't know it was a little <laughs> disappointing in my opinion <laughs> there, was,
1: there was way too much they're trying to accomplish i think
0: yeah it's I almost think. like J.J. J. Abrams was trying to fix everything that Ryan Johnson did even though I, I don't know that <laughs> and,
1: and like they were trying to make it like like end game status you know they were referencing all the other films you know and they were trying to give a big energy right like, except you know and because of that I think it loses its Ontotomy, I think that's the word, or individuality. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like not, it, it's not really a unique film.
0: Like it doesn't live on its own. Like I feel like a great film. Like yeah. even like Endgame. Like I could watch Endgame over and over and not really know. Like I can watch True. it without watching any of the other ten movies or nine you, movies. You'd
1: appreciate it a lot more if you did.
0: Yeah, I definitely. So yeah, I do. I, I do think it's, it's a
1: little dependent.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little, but even even then, like. Endgame made like two billion dollars or something yeah. like that. Like, I'm pretty sure one of those people that saw it kind of just went along with their friends and they still enjoyed it. So it's like,
1: oh yeah, yeah. My uh, my roommate was one of them. Yeah. Uh, she she just liked uh, the hype, you know. She she admitted that she hadn't seen a lot of Marvel movies, but she loved the energy around them. And mm-hmm. she came and saw Endgame with us, and she thought it was a blast. And I, we marathoned all the whole all the Marvel movies right before it too. Yeah. So I was able to catch them up. Mhm. That was a blast. That was one of the most surreal movie experiences I've ever put myself through is uh, marathoning the Marvel series and then going to see Endgame right after.
0: I well, I think just the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe is like I I don't think we'll ever experience something like that in our in our life in our lifetime. Like there there's phase phase 2 or phase 3 or whatever they're on right now.
1: Phase 4. But
0: I, I think. like Iron. It started with Iron Man, and it's like and it just it every movie just kept on building on each other and they kept introducing yeah. these characters and it's like end game it leads up to this, and it's like boom, it just drops the boom. bomb it's like it's
1: crazy they did a great job
0: yeah uh but yeah, uh let's move on to a few of the topics that we have we We already talked about movie theaters and movies, but uh let's get into like the nBA playoffs. Because we, yeah. we've been texting each other back yeah. and forth. Yeah,
1: I'm, uh, uh, I'm wearing my Lebron jersey right now.
0: getting ready for the Nuggets Nuggets yeah. Lakers game. I'm, I'm uh, kind of hyped up. Since since you're wearing a Lebron jersey, I'm guessing you you think that the that the Lakers well, are going to win the series and uh, move on to I'm the I'm not finals, sure.
1: Right? Um, I kind of thought about that, and I thought about how a a potential Denver Miami series could be more entertaining from a layman's point of view you mm-hmm. know? because i feel like denver is a, a much more of a streaky team you know mm-hmm. and and i think i think miami and denver kind of parallel each other a little bit you yeah know, i want to see la lakers because i'm a lebron fan i'm in california and mm-hmm. kobe and everything that's been going on i think it'd be a great thing for the lakers to win this mm-hmm. year um but yeah, um Yeah, I can't I, not root for LeBron. That's
0: yeah, funny. you can't really bet against LeBron in this situation. Cause I think I've done that one one time before and I kind of paid the price on that. <laughs> but, but uh LeBron, even at 36, it's like every single game that I've been watching, like uh all I've been watching like all these games in the bubble, and it's just he just continues to amaze me. Just because it's yeah. like at 36, I'm like Dang! It looks like he just entered the league. Like, just he could just continues to be dominant, and he's just continuing to prove people wrong.
1: You guys were saying in the other podcast how it's 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 his league Mm -hmm. at at thirty six, being able to still say it's my league, and it's probably going to be his league for a few more years. That's wild. Not Uh, even Jordan
0: uh, could think could say that.
1: Like Jordan, not, not that far in his career. No, yeah,
0: yeah. Jordan, like he 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 left like his career like halfway through and he tried to come back and I don't think he was nearly as dominant. He was still good. It was just like the league had moved on at that point, And, and LeBron has just continued to like dominate.
1: And it, it's, it's wild because any superstars that were in his era um, or currently in it, like Kevin Durant, maybe probably will never be able to say, Uh, this is going to be my league because there's Giannis to follow you know once LeBron retires it's hard to say someone like KD would take over over Giannis or Luca at this point because they're younger and and they're developing more to a newer style per se you know right and and injuries are happening
0: yeah uh I actually kind of agree with you about I would appreciate a Miami and Denver just because the Denver finals, just because I think those teams are more, they're more complete teams. Like LA, LA is made up of superstars. You got Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And other than that, it's like their supporting cast is kind of lackluster. Like I'm not putting down Dwight. It's just, it looks like a lot of
1: the supporting cast in previous LeBron teams.
0: Yeah. I think it's better than a lot of those uh uh because I think it's the supporting cast for LeBron it, like his best one was probably Miami. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, like hands down. And the weakest one is obviously Cleveland. And then I would I would kind of put the Lakers just like right in the middle cuz I don't like the the team is just built in a weird way. I in my opinion.
1: It's, I can see that. Yeah. De- Denver uh, and Miami would be kind of, you know, for someone like me who's a little bit more casual compared mm-hmm. to you. Um, there's not a lot of players on Denver I'm familiar with. You know, there's a lot of younger ones and there's a mm-hmm. lot of ones that I, names I'm just discovering like in the last year or two, it's like Jamal Murray and mm-hmm. uh, Big Center. What's his name? Jokic, Nikola Jokic, yeah. Yeah. the Joker. He's a big deal, I guess. And I guess I'm kind of just now seeing that.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh and, and Miami too yeah New Miami Hero, is just
1: Crowder Olinic guys you wouldn't really you know imagine all right in my opinion I never mm-hmm. thought when you know when Jay Crowder got traded away from Cleveland to Utah a couple mm-hmm. years ago I'm like oh like okay, you know they do the journeyman there goes his career that kind of a thing I, that stigma you know for a layman can kind of be applied to that but mm-hmm. look at him now yeah
0: right uh, like he was on Memphis to start the year, and like I knew he wanted to get traded and go to a contender. And that was this uh, he's, season.
1: Hmm? That was this year.
0: Yeah, that was this year. Wow. He uh, and and uh, Jay um, Jay Crowder is like shooting like forty percent from deep, and I'm like, it's uh, it's I, he's really helping out that team a lot, and I think it, like all. I'll support Jerry here a little bit. Like I think the Celtics, like are they're they're a good team, and I actually picked them to go to the finals. But just the way that the Heat played yesterday, like I was texting you back and forth, like yeah. uh, yesterday, just like the Celtics just they, they got re- uh, they got relaxed, like especially like when the Heat started playing that zone defense, like the, it's like uh, it's like they didn't know what to do. It's like i don't know it's i'm not trying to say i'm like a basketball expert but it's like when a team throws a zone defense at you it's like wouldn't you want to like uh uh like uh i know you shoot threes at that point but even then you would try and uh, drive drive the paint and get fouled and try and break up the zone
1: drive in between the zones you can't really pick and roll on zone defense right yeah, you can't you so, can't pick so and you roll. you wanna what you wanna like ISO or you wanna set up plays mm-hmm. and whatnot,
0: or whip the ball around the perimeter and try and yeah, break yeah. up the zone and pass the ball in the ties for passing. the slam. You so be it's passing like, it. Yeah, but awesome. it just seemed like they didn't know what to do for like two quarters, and now they're down 2-0. Well,
1: you know the one thing I went away with from that game, and I'm no expert either, but two two things when I see. The Miami players going after loose balls, so much more. Mm-hmm. And I see Boston players, like, you know, I'm not watching the game 100% of the time. I don't know if this means a lot, but they're kind of hesitating on certain plays. Mm-hmm. Like late in the game, Tatum, he, it looked like he wanted a step back three, but he like tripped over his lead foot or something. He didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. He passed out of it. When Bam Adebayo got one of those rebounds, Jayon Brown. Had to foul him with like ten seconds left, right, and he kind of wasted a couple seconds, and he wasn't really hugging him like you do when you when you foul a guy and you're down mm-hmm. at the end of the game, you know. So I'm like, all right, these guys don't really look like like they look decompressed; they just look out of spirit, not even out of energy. And 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 even when they inbounded the pass with ten seconds left, they left three seconds off the clock, mm-hmm. and it's like, pff, you know, like that's that's all I need to see as a as a casual guy to to. To win over Miami, you know, or to to have Miami win over my heart, you know what I mean, right it's I like the... guys like jones and and Butler and Harrow diving for loose balls and throwing it back inbounds like that's mm-hmm. what I want, you know, yeah,
0: hustle plays win games like mm-hmm. and also the, the, they're just fun to watch too, like when Jimmy Butler like got that steal like off the inbounds, I was like, when I seen that, I was like, okay, the heat won this game just because <laughs> like that's like Jimmy Butler is like such an interesting player too just because like he's traveled the league quite a bit like he was started off in Chicago and then the issues with Minnesota like it, the issues with him in practice and stuff like that about him saying that he could run circles around like all these rookies and then he goes to Philly and Philly like he almost takes Philly like to the to the finals but Kawhi breaks his heart with the freaking oh, yeah. bounce on the rim like it
1: and then he bounced. went to minnesota right then hmm? he went to minnesota after that yeah
0: well and uh he went to it was minnesota then philly and then in the offseason he signed with the heat so mm-hmm. i feel like it, you, you can really show that you can really see that that uh that the miami heat is like a perfect situation for jimmy butler yeah, because, he
1: chose to go there too.
0: Yeah, because he's because really he's awesome. He's the well, one, the Miami Heat organization is just a really good organization. They treat their players really well, like they keep them in shape. And they and it and, and Pat Riley is probably one of the greater like he was a really good coach when he was coaching and like he's proving that he's a really good GM. And I I I can see uh, that Jimmy Butler, like he's a star, but like when I see him play on the heat, it's like he's not really the go to guy. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off of him too. Yeah. Just because like he can he can get like a like a deep get like a really good defensive play or hit a really big shot, but he also has Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson to help him out uh, by hitting threes and then bam out of bio with the crazy block too. Like it's like each put like the th- the reason why I'm like on the heat side a little bit now is that every player on the heat, just, they know their role and, and that's huge for a team. Like if you yes. know your role, it's like, it, it just makes basketball so much easier. It does. Yeah. But really sorry, does. that was a long winded answer. But...
1: All good. I see. I feel like the one player I question, or just cause it's kind of like a Homer thing is mm-hmm. Jayon Brown. Does he really fit with Boston. I don't see him like I kind of I kind of heard some buzz about him kind of gaining some traction the last couple years but he's not really he's not really a star is he, you know? And and when I see him play, I don't know. I don't, I don't see him doing he, a lot. What, he
0: he something? can be a little inconsistent. I think he's still he can still get there, but uh... I, I I don't know. Like I, if I were to build around a team, I would obviously build around Tatum.
1: Of course. Yeah, you, but J- Brown kind of seems more like a role player.
0: Yeah. Uh, but it's not
1: really producing as a role player.
0: Yeah, uh, but I don't know. Um, I think this. I think the Celtics is are a really great team. It's just they're right now. It's their bench. Like they're not as deep as as the Miami Heat. Mm. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Uh, I would, right now, as the series sets, I think it's going to be Heat and Seven just because I don't. But, like, well, we've seen the Nuggets come back. Boston
1: can pull back.
0: Well, we've seen the Nuggets come come back from 3 1 twice. So maybe
1: Boston doesn't look like Denver.
0: Yeah. Like, uh,
1: are they a streaky team?
0: Well,. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what Game Three. See if Brad Stevens makes adjustments. But I, like I've been telling Jerry like repeatedly that like just because of the the depth of of the Miami Heat and then his the Celtics bench is so weak, Brad Stevens is forced to uh, play like his starters minutes. Like they're playing really right. high minutes, and like he he says that they're super young, so it doesn't matter. But it's like. If you're, if you're like Kemba and you're 30, and even if you're Tatum, and I think Tatum is like 22, 20, 22, 23. Uh, like, I don't know. If you're logging like a lot of minutes, that's going to wear player out. And like yeah. Brad Stevens is asking a lot of his players to like
1: – I'm sure they're hurting without Gordon too.
0: Yeah, which he supposedly is supposed to come back for game three, uh, which that would – that, that would definitely help him out. He can definitely uh, space the floor, spread the floor. But, uh, but yeah. What
1: about Taco? What about Taco Falls? He hurt too? Uh, is Taco just-
0: is kind of a weird situation. Like Jerry wants to see more of him, But like not, did you watch that um, the Raptor series?
1: Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, cause, I haven't been watching much basketball until now actually.
0: Okay. Uh, there was a they, they used Taco one time for a really dumb inbounds play where they kind of just used him as, like, oh, you're really tall, so I want you to, like, use your body to, like, get in the way. But Taco is a super weird player because he doesn't understand the game yet. So, like, they used him on the inbound play, and he was, like, moving around. But actually, like, Kyle O'Reilly was, like, taking the ball out, and it made it easier for Lowry to – pass like around uh taco and hit og and then og hit that game winner i think okay. that was the end of game two and talk i don't know just taco is just kind of a liability because he's like when you're that big you need to learn the game like again especially right. at nba speed so it so can it, be kind of
1: a project then
0: yeah uh like i think he's still going to be a good player it's just he need he's just that he he's definitely a project so yeah need some yeah. experience in him but yeah uh but yeah you so who who are you you obviously favoring the heat right
1: well I guess I you know but I, I watched the first two games and and even though they were close it all it, it all looks for Miami you know yeah um I, no doubt I would love to see any outcome I think at this point Lakers and Celtics would be really fun to watch Mm-hmm. just simply because of the historical context it has mm-hmm. um lakers and heat you know lebron versus former team don't take any away don't take anything away from miami being their own team too you know pat riley and spolstra are great uh, i love that team and and denver miami and even denver and boston would be good a good series
0: yeah like that i think we we're, we got really fun like Western Conference Finals and Eastern Conference Finals matchups—they're oh, yeah. going to be super entertaining.
1: We should have good basketball in a in a week or two. Yeah, uh,
0: but I think uh, I think it's a sh- the Denver like how ha- like you mentioned Denver. I think Denver like has a shot. I think like like obviously like I'm not going to bet on LeBron just because LeBron is LeBron, but I think the the way Jokic passes the ball could probably. Possibly give the Lakers some uh, some issues there, mm-hmm. and and just if uh, Nuggets, the Nuggets have been playing with their backs up against the wall like since the first round, so uh, I I feel like that lights a fire underneath them too. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. But uh, I don't know. They should be pretty fun. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll move on. Uh, I guess I guess we'll stick a little bit in the NBA, but uh, I, we'll go, we'll go into my team a little bit. Uh, the Sacramento Kings. They actually mm. they just signed, they just hired their next GM, Monty McNair. Uh, Where's he from? He's from uh, he's an assistant junior manager from Houston. Ooh. There's not much news okay. here. It's just they actually they're cleaning house and hopefully it will be good eventually because Sacramento, I live in Sacramento and I, I want Sacramento to have a good team, but I know you're a casual fan, Cameron, but like, like, what do you think of this news?
1: I don't know. Is it, is it a good move in your opinion?
0: Well, or, I think or,
1: well, there's is a lot. The, hmm? Who was their last GM?
0: Well, it was Vladi Divac. And he, and how long was he GM? Before? He was about, he was there for like five years,
1: five years. Yeah. And, um uh,
0: and we have what's the
1: best move he made
0: uh well he drafted deer and fox and and uh that's pretty much it (laughs) that's pretty (laughs) much it yeah it's just hasn't
1: really gone much anywhere else than that and yeah he has he drafted more duds than he has uh yeah you know
0: it it was more like he drafted willie collie stein and he's not on the team anymore
1: that's the writings on the wall you know when you're when your player um, when you're evaluating your players or uh, evaluating your players, you know, and you, th- you consider who your GM's drafted, you know, you can't just, you know, Darren Fox is good and all, but yeah. When he when he spent five years, you know, missing on most of the, most of his stuff. And I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me what we're, we're, I'm comparing it to like my Raider fandom. Mm-hmm. And a general manager that got fired a year or two ago. And he would draft, He drafted a couple good players, you know, Derek Carr and Khalil Mack and, and whatnot. And we kind of thought he was great, but he kept drafting injured players. He kept drafting players that wouldn't even make the field half the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I like them a lot, you know, because he drafted Mack and he drafted Carr and he made some good trades and he signed people to longer deals that were worth it, but he wasn't, he wasn't fit to, to be a manager of the team. So if that, the same thing applies for that dude, then I'm all, you know, I'm all for, for finding a new manager that can bring in better players consistently, not just hit once or twice every 10, you know?
0: Yeah, I think his biggest miss, obviously, like, in Sacramento especially, is that he drafted Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. And, like, Mar- Mar- like bless freaking Marvin Bagley's heart and just, like, his career just because even if Marvin Bagley turns out to be really good, like, he missed a lot of games this year. he's up with
1: foreign players not getting good draft stock?
0: I think it's it's it, it's it's just because uh, the, I I want to say that the Euroleague just plays in a different way, and I think GMs are afraid to just because yeah, cool. Luca because uh, Vladi wasn't the only one that passed on on Luca. Like the Phoenix right. Suns passed on him, the Atlanta Hawks traded him for Trey Young, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. So I remember that. Yeah, it's it's. It it's super weird, just because like even though, like a player like Jokic, he was picked twentieth, like in the late twenties, and like if he were to do, redo that draft today, like I b- believe he would go number one, just because he's like a, the star of the Nuggets. Yep. But I think it's just because he, they play in a different league, and GMs are afraid about them making the leap to the NBA, just because hmm. in the in the Euroleague they play more of a team basketball and and uh, in the nBA it's more it's more individual i guess i guess like, like that's... has it not
1: been transitioning to more i mean I see what you're saying I do see a lot of ISO ball mm-hmm. but i'm still i guess I'm still uh feeling that residue from the golden state stuff golden state basketball that uh, conspired over the last decade you know mm-hmm the team ball, the passing, and the consistent fast breaks and whatnot. Yeah. Are are teams trying to mold more into that, or is it still, like, a combination? Uh, Players are still going to be players, and they're still going to ISO.
0: Well, I think the stars are still going to ISO because they're going to want to up their stats and and stuff like that. Like, you're still going to have, like, teams like the Golden State Warriors or even the San Antonio, like, old school. I mean,
1: I don't know. Look at Denver and Miami, and – I don't know if they're following uh, a formula that Golden State laid out, but they look more like Golden State mm-hmm. than than L.A. and Houston does. And look at Houston. Look how look how hard it is to watch their playoff games. It's because yeah because of it because of their the way they play, and it's not team ball like other teams are playing. You know?
0: Yeah, like. Um... yeah i don't know like going back to your question like i don't understand like why gms don't want to take that risk especially with like luca just because luca like he's been playing with men since he was like 13 years old exactly i I heard
1: that narrative that he was experienced he was was one of the most experienced guys in the draft yeah
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: Isn't he already playing pro yeah he was i don't know how that works over there but well, it, you, you got your chance to draft a, a guy who's already played pro, you know, and he's got the experience. And,
0: and he's won championships already, too. So he I, don't, I don't care where
1: he's from. <laughs> yeah. You know? Exactly. I don't care if you haven't played an NBA or not. You know, that dude looks like a leader on paper.
0: Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think that's going to be like on Vlade's like resume of just passing on Luca. And then, like, I think Marvin Bagley will still be a good player one of these days and he'll I believe he'll still be an all-star but it's unfortunate that like Bagley no matter what he does it's going to be like well you're not Luka Doncic Mm. and it's it's really disappointing like that fan bases kind of put that on players and I feel like it's a little unfair just because Bagley is a different player than than Luka it's just that he got drafted above
1: you think that narrative exists in Sacramento
0: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Cause I you hear see people all, saying that. I see it all the time on Twitter, and I oh. see it just everywhere, and it's it's just it it's ridiculous. That's got to be rough. I mute a lot of those pl- uh, people on on Twitter, so.
1: I, I'm I'm sure he is too.
0: Yeah. Uh, Maybe. But I actually heard that he uh, canceled all social media. That's like, good. That's good. Which, which is. He's sad that he had to do that. But he becomes
1: a goat in 2K. I'm telling you. Yeah, <laughs> I did some. I did some serious? Sacramento King rebuilds uh, in the last two K, and not in this current one, right? And I would like, man, and I would never play a game. I would just simulate the seasons as mm-hmm. I'm managing the team. Bagley, oh, I'm pretty sure Bagley always becomes like a superstar, first team caliber guy in the simulations. Okay. I don't. Makes- I don't know why. I, you know it's just a video game, but if it makes you feel better.
0: Yeah, it makes me feel a little better. <laughs> but-
1: <laughs> I think he won MVP like one year. I couldn't. I couldn't re-sign him later in his career because contracts in 2K are are crazy, um, and I'm used <laughs> to football.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't
1: understand l- understand luxury tax and what happens if you go over the cap, and and player contracts are a lot different in the NBA.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I was actually just talking about this. Like, I was on the halftime huddle podcast, like on episode three, uh, not released yet. But, but, uh, uh, like, I, they were talking about like salary cap, like, there. Like, I'm completely lost on like NFL, like, salary cap. Like, is there a salary cap on that? Or,
1: yeah. Uh, I feel like it's more simple. You know, I don't know too much more about it, too. But, I mean, yeah, I feel like the I don't know. I'm sure there are ways to make look to make the NFL cap look more complicated than the NBA mm-hmm. and vice versa. But as a football fan and someone who's been following football, I feel like football is more is easier to understand, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't hear stuff like luxury tax. I think I think stuff is a little bit more straightforward, you know. Uh, yeah. You get a players bonus you get the players base salary per year you know and what non how each affects your cap you know there's guaranteed money and all that and Mm -hmm. i'm no expert either but yeah i just Uh, feel like when i hear the talking heads on tv talking about contracts there's a little bit more stipulations in the nba
0: yeah it's there's definitely a lot more asterisks there so yeah but I think not to mention
1: how much they get paid in like the, the max contract too. I don't, you don't see max contracts in the NFL to, to my understanding, you'll see a guy become the, the highest play paid player in his position or the highest paid player of all time. Mm -hmm. Every, every year that happens or every other year, you know, and, and I see that in the NBA too, you know, but the NBA has like a, well, certain teams are not going to be allowed to do that because he's a max contract guy. And, there's this rule and there's this and, and they're a small
0: so market and potentially
1: it, you know they're not going to be eligible for it i'm like you know i kind of just lose focus and i just you know whatever yeah you know it, it nba seems more like yeah i'm market uh not deprived of like a market they're they're aiming at the markets more than anything
0: yeah and they're considering
1: sure. that rather than hey how much can you pay me i don't care where you are you know
0: right uh, I think like the interesting thing about the n b a and its cap situation though is because even with this bubble like like the thing that i 've been following about that is that like when the bubble is over, like the n b a is going to be going over like their c b a their collective bargaining agreement, and a lot of these n b a teams have lost a lot of money just because oh, yeah. they can 't have people in in the arenas like they canceled a lot of shows like concerts. Just events like they like obviously can't have games just because of COVID 19. So I think a lot of these players that wanted like max deals, they're probably gonna have to take pay cuts. And it's gonna be, mm. it's good, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be a really weird like couple years, I don't even, even after know where all to, this is over. So we're
1: to begin to, to, to start thinking about yeah. how the COVID 19 is going to affect uh, that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah. And like you've already like i have already seen it like I've seen like a, a story last night. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow like CNET or Giant Bomb or Games, GameSpot but they actually just got Viacom just sold them to like a random company really? just because they can't afford to it just the cost of of like just keeping like the sites up and just them working from home and stuff like that. It, I guess it became overwhelming, and they just sold it to another company. That that
1: shoot, I can imagine.
0: Yeah, it's 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 it. COVID nineteen is like it. Everyone's saying that like twenty twenty is rough, but we're going to be living with like the virus, or even like just the aftermath of it. Even like way yeah, after there, are, there's
1: there's definitely long lasting effects. Yeah, that. you know this will probably be a seasonal thing. I'm sure we'll don't want to talk too much about that but when it comes mm-hmm. to the financial aspects of sports too as well you know not to mention how it's going to drastically affect other things in our life more mm-hmm. it's it's it is, it's going to affect everything And sports definitely one of it you can already see no fans in a, most of the nfl stadiums mm-hmm. most that, that part's weird um yeah you know, I, virtual I... <laughs> fans and and, and um the fake crowd noise you know the uh, the uh fabricated crowd noise during the games are really awkward for me you know because someone Mm -hmm. who's someone who's been going to raider games for five years Mm -hmm. every every home game you know you definitely pick up on how crowds react specifically and you can you can like you know that's not definitely not how the crowd would react to that i Mm -hmm. feel like (laughs) when i was watching this game
0: yeah, I re- I watched the games on week one and I thought it was super weird, like when the broadcast pumped in like crowd audio for a two yard gain, and I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't have not they would have reacted to that. Like I don't watch football as much; I'm more of a casual fan. But it's like even I know they'd the
1: react game. to it and they cheer maybe, but you don't you don't hear like big cheers or screams probably for a two yard yeah. gain. Yeah. yeah, there was one time where. Were Christian McCaffrey I was watching the Raider Panther game and he he got a first down or something right he got up and I, it was a first down it was like a 10-15 yard game it was a decent good play and mm-hmm. you would hear loud cheers and you kind of hear like a mellow cheer and yeah woohoo and it kind of felt like the crowd was it was something I, I heard when uh, like an injured player gets up off the ground and, he, and everyone's like okay he's good and everyone's kind of clapping in gratitude that's kind of like what I heard and I'm like mm-hmm. okay you know Definitely me, me trying to be an audio engineer as well. Definitely <laughs> caught that instantly. I'm like, there's no way that is authentic, right? That would happen in that situation.
0: Yeah, uh, it's.
1: It, 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 I'd, I'd much rather watch the game with no, with none of that.
0: Yeah, I think the NBA has done a better job at mixing the audio for like for for like all the cheers and
1: didn't, didn't they like early in the bubble they didn't have any of that and they literally you could watch the game with no like fake crowd noise
0: yeah i think it was the the eighth game that. regular season and then the playoffs they started pumping an audio I'd,
1: I'd much i'd much i don't care about how much it makes me excited i would much rather experience how the players are experiencing it right and i don't know if they have, or do they have crowd noise in the stadium in the it, in, in the bubble something. yeah in the bubble
0: yeah uh and they also have like the the webcam Chance. like the, the zoom uh right. fans That's or all, whatever yeah. or that. it's not zoom i think it's microsoft teams but but i don't know it that it's just a super weird time we're living in mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh but i guess we'll move on to a little bit of um gaming news uh yeah the playstation 5 had their or sony had their um uh, uh, PlayStation 5 reveal I guess mm-hmm. well they already revealed it but they revealed the price so I, we'll, I guess we'll start off with the price and then we'll talk about the games that they had in the video um, well the play, PlayStation 5 is going to be priced at four ninety nine for the disc version and then three ninety nine for the digital version and that is $100 more than the Xbox Series S yeah which that's would be, a big difference it's a big deal yeah and then i think the xbox series x is the same price as the disc version right I, then, uh, yeah sorry. go ahead
1: yeah i was just gonna say that the series s is a hundred dollars a hundred dollars less than the mm-hmm. ps5's digital version
0: i think that's a big deal especially like i know a lot of people like i've been asking around like what they think about that just because but a lot of people that i know they're kind of sony fanboys and they'll go they'll buy the playstation 5 no matter what mm-hmm. but like i think people need to start thinking more of the economical sense of the series s just because like we'll go back into COVID 19 and just like the way the economy is like if you're if you're a parent and you're buying like little jimmy a new video game console for christmas i don't think you're going to buy him a, a 400 playstation 5 i think you're like like you're still probably going to get about the same amount of games with the with the Series S, and it's a hundred dollars less. And also, Xbox has that payment plan.
1: They all, from what I understand too, is they can also have they have backward compatibility with their accessories. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to buy a new controller.
0: Yeah, that's uh, dope. That's, that's dope. That's really dope. Like because being a Switch owner, and I know you're a Switch owner too, it's super frustrating because Nintendo gets starts has like a new console like every like every five years and yeah. something new and I like I have Wiimote sitting around that I just can't really use because
1: there are um adapters so you can like I have a, a GameCube controller mm-hmm. here in my home uh I know I can't use it right now because I don't have the adapter but if I ever wanted to I could just go on Amazon pay for that adapter and, and get it working i don't think i could do that with with like playstation 2 to ps3 mm-hmm. xbox to xbox 360 you know that really wasn't the thing and and at least nintendo could give you the option i remember you could do that with the wii yeah you, know, you could plug in your gamecube controller to the wii
0: mm-hmm. because most people play smash brothers with the gamecube controller yeah because
1: so. that's the way to do it
0: yeah <laughs> 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 but yeah uh i don't know like
1: you're a bum but, if you use the wemo
0: exactly I mean,
1: <laughs> if you get good on the wemo i mean i'm not good at smash but if you get good on the wemo and you're smash okay then you're a god
0: yeah right uh and, you know,
1: i'll get on my knees and ask you f- to teach me your ways right
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, or just get good at every single, controller? <laughs> every single controller format
1: i think xbox has the best controllers
0: uh I I don't, I think, I don't like how
1: yeah. PlayStation's analog sticks are at the bottom in the middle, you know? I like how the analog sticks are spread out.
0: I think the analog sticks are fine. It's the thing that like I've had a PlayStation 4 for like the longest time, but the triggers on the PlayStation 4, I don't like the way that they they curve and they yeah. like like with the Xbox, like my hands just fit perfectly to the controller. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, I love if, it. If I use the triggers on the PlayStation 4. Like it, like my fingers like slide off it. Like people might think I'm crazy for doing that, but it's like that's just how I hold the PlayStation Four controller. So
1: I don't like that either. You know, with the Xbox, my my hand's like already there on the D-pad. I feel right. like if I'm playing PlayStation. I kind of gotta move up. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. You know, yeah, I'm just I've been it's playing Xbox for a while too, so I'm used to it.
0: Yeah, I I haven't really decided which one I'll get, but uh playstation uh like has spider-man the new spider-man game and uh did you see that gameplay video
1: no i didn't i gotta check it out
0: oh it's so good oh my god there's a bridge sequence on that they showed that just it looks so freaking good it makes me like freaking like, like i wasn't really gonna buy into like these new consoles just because i'm happy with my playstation 4 and I was gonna get an Xbox here later, just so I can play like all the games that I missed on Xbox. Mm-hmm. But like seeing the new Spider-Man game, like I, I played I, I played the first one on PlayStation 4 and I fell in love with it instantly. And it it just looks so good. Like next gen games just like, look right. It, it, I I know like every single year like we say like the graphics look amazing. And it just seems like like this year, it's like I don't think they can get any better.
1: Yeah, we say that now. Yeah, (laughs) but you know, and then they'll come. Well, better resolution TV and right, you know,
0: and all that. I think like another thing too about like having two different systems is like with the Xbox Series S is I think it's only 4K at this at this point and and uh, oh no, I think it's 1440p and then the right the other one is 4K. Yeah, like. I'm perfectly happy with like the Series S like resolution. Oh, yeah. and, and, I don't like, need six, 4K. Yeah, like I'm I running
1: am, on 1080p right now. I don't have a 4K TV.
0: Yeah, I don't have a 4K TV either. So it's like I'm just happy with 60 frames per second, like 1440p or whatever it is, as long as the games work. I just want to play next play. gen games. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> if if the Series S can run Flight Simulator good.
0: Oh yes. Which is oh, about, like speculating about. you know
1: because that that's been a thing for me too i've you know i've been before the price prices got dropped i'm like oh what if xbox comes out to be like 600 dollars? you know Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna buy that day one you Mm -hmm. know and and playstation was rumored to be a little bit less you know so i was kind of considering an xbox drop their prices and i'm like a hundred percent i'm getting the series s because it's just such a great deal i could Mm -hmm. play You know, if if it runs Flight Simulator, supposedly Flight Simulator is going to run on current gen, you know. uh, So I'm sure it should be fine on the Series S. But Mm -hmm. that's the game I want to play is Flight Simulator.
0: It looks so so good. Like I want to build a PC too to like just get the full experience Mm because I want like a flight stick and stuff like that. And just I want to just build it all out. But flight simulator looks, like, it, yeah, it's really expensive. But I'd, but I'd rather just
1: do it on my controller or on the yeah, console. Right, it's being, just, on, being on console though would be unprecedented in my mind. I remember yeah. my brother and I, we had a PC when we were kids and we played the old flight simulator, mm-hmm. and like our our minds were just blown. But we had to, get, you know, there was a lot to to get it, thing for to put into getting that started so now that once they announced it on game pass too so i didn't mm-hmm. even have to pay for it oh there's right. no chan- there's no chance i'm getting playstation
0: <laughs> right <laughs> like um, like you just mentioned game pass like game pass is like I f- it's it it has to be the best deal in gaming like like it there's, it's not not it's not even close like, and, and,
1: and it seems like they always have deals to ring out to you like I'm still on my two dollar membership from a year ago. What? <laughs> right? It it was two dollars because they, they they the time I think you paid for Ultimate, mm-hmm. which came with Game Pass. Yeah. You only had to pay two dollars and and you would have it for the remainder of your gold, your Xbox Live membership. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right. So I'll renew my membership for one year and then I'll pay two dollars for this deal. Mm-hmm. So I get ultimate and game pass for a whole year and it expires next month. And, that's like, crazy. some of my favorite games I, I, I play every day are on Game Pass. I, I wouldn't have discovered them or probably even considered playing them if it wanted not mm-hmm. for Game Pass. So and I like, love that.
0: Like, that's another thing, too, is, like, with the success of Game Pass, is, like, I feel like this next generation, it's, like, subscriptions are definitely a thing. Like, now, especially with, like, Netflix and, like, Hulu. And, like, on the video side, it kind of just makes it seem like you're paying for cable again but like uh, for video games i feel like that's just it just increases your so value more worth it mm-hmm. yeah and uh like i will totally pay like whatever it is like right now i think it's like 20 bucks a month and i,
1: I think could... it, there are, are a couple options i'm not sure But mm-hmm. i don't even know if it's even 20 i think it's like 15 yeah that's 100 so you know and you times 12 you know that's that you know Mm-hmm. How many games are you going to be able to play, and how much would it be if you spent full price on it? It mm-hmm. seems like it's worth it, as long as you play the games. As long as yeah. you can actually find yourself playing them. Mm-hmm. Which I play uh, actually before this call. Um, I was playing Sea of Thieves for like two hours.
0: Oh, nice! I've been yeah. wanting to play that like all gener all, like love, all generation.
1: I love it. I, it it's so addicting. Mm-hmm. I'm such an ass in that game to other pirates.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I, just,
1: yeah. I I love how organic it is, you know, because there's proximity chat too. So it's mm-hmm. like uh it's like a public place, you know. And mm-hmm. um I sneak I like sneaking, doing sneaky stuff and stowing mm-hmm. away on people's boats and stealing their stuff. And I've I've triggered some people big time, made them really upset. <laughs> and I and I made some cool friends along the way too. I've ran into a couple streamers mm-hmm. and we I, I mess with them. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, want to team up? I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I can't get how much that game has been to me. I love
0: year. like community games, just because mm-hmm. like I I remember when I first got on Minecraft and I I discovered that community and just like Minecraft is like I, it's it's definitely the game of the decade and just and it's definitely set like gold standard for like open oh, wow. world kind of creation type games and like Fortnite, you see like uh minecraft elements in Fortnite. i'm not sure about this like sea of thieves like do you see see
1: that like um not minecraft elements Mm -hmm. um not really um -hmm. i feel like a world of its own it probably has drawn some inspirations from other games like like rare games or but i can't really think of anything i really think sea of thieves is is a, a new format to go off of, which mm-hmm. they uh, there is another, they just released a uh, battle royale game, like a, a pirate battle royale game on Steam, and it looks like a carbon copy of Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. So, so maybe maybe Sea of Thieves is, is a, a new format,
0: yeah. Like, uh, I don't community. know, it's a little I've underrated, been... <laughs> yeah. It was I've... also
1: really sh- like, like shallow when it first came out. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of depth to the game and they do constant that's another thing they do: constant monthly updates mm-hmm. which is what i love about this generation of games is how sure you know the game might come out shallow um, and not a lot of depth to it but yeah as long as they're good developers and they listen to their community and their players i'm sure they'll come out with monthly updates to improve the quality of the game which right. rare has definitely done with sea mm-hmm. of thieves
0: nice I'll, I'll have to check that game out like oh, I get cross on xbox? if you have
1: yeah. pc um you can uh load up on pc and play with me on xbox nice
0: i'll uh, well i'll see if my laptop will actually run it but... <laughs> <laughs> maybe probably not probably not <laughs> but uh but yeah i think that's like another thing i, I like that you brought that up is like crossplay. like that's been like such a big thing like this generation is that oh yeah i love that like i'll go back to minecraft like minecraft is the perfect example because like, it's a microsoft-owned game now and like i can buy minecraft on the switch yep i can log in to my xbox account that's so cool and play with freaking uh and, and play with freaking xbox users and switch users i'm like that's just insane because i like i remember back in the day like like these console, dreams. about that these console makers like like I guess they, I guess the fans kind of made it seem like they hated each other. Like they made it like the console wars and stuff like that. And they, there is like, definitely
1: marketing competition though.
0: Yeah. Like, especially you know. with Nintendo and Sony, like, or especially Sega too. It's like, uh, yep. Nintendo's what, uh, the, or Sega does what Nintendo. And then the Crash Bandicoot with the megaphone on Nintendo, mm. uh, like headquarters, uh, but I, it's it 's just nice to see like these companies like getting along and realizing that they all have something that they can contribute, and it just makes me hopeful for like for like the uh for like the world just because like if we all come together We're coming together right <laughs> maybe, maybe
1: maybe we can learn a thing or two from these gaming uh developers companies. exactly you know we can come, learn something from the nerds. <laughs> we- <laughs> you re- well, you can learn a lot from the nerds. I yeah, tell you
0: that exactly. <laughs>
1: they don't call them nerds for no reason.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, I don't. know. Uh, this has been a really cool podcast, Cameron. I like that we were able to just kind of we're
1: able. We're just vibing. we were just vibing. We're, we're, just vibing. That's what, we're talking. That's what, that's what it's called. It's called riffing.
0: Yeah, we you haven't. Know,
1: you, you find a you find a stream and you just you just go with it. You know, we didn't predetermine any of that you know mm-hmm. it's, it's exact it's exactly what i look for when i play music with other people nice so i don't want to come in and say hey let's learn this song and then get together no i just want to get together and and then make a song or just mm-hmm. riff you know that's what it is
0: right uh but um thank you for joining me on the water cooler episode 11 i guess we'll end with like weekly re- recommendations uh sure um yeah. Like, do you have anything to recommend to the listeners?
1: Uh, I guess so. Um, well, there's. I haven't. Um, I'll, I'll do. I'll do two things. Okay. Um, a friend of mine had got me into Ultimate Fighting Championship (UFC) mm-hmm. this this year, and um, I, I had tried watching it a couple years ago, and I never really got into it, but. But uh, through this pandemic, uh, they were allowed to stay up or they weren't allowed. You know, they, they, they had eight of their promotions cut, I think. And mm-hmm. they started back up a couple months ago or in the summer. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's like the only sport on right now. I started watching and I really started to love it. And the, tomorrow there is an incredible main card, in my opinion. Uh, Kazma Shamiyev, I think is how you pronounce his name he's an up-and-comer he's talking a lot of crap he's he's fighting a veteran gerald mere i think is how you say his name and then there's donald cowboy Cerrone fighting nico price and colby covington fighting tyron woodley all are going to be bangers if you want to see guys just you know throw hands at each other and it's not like a chicken fight i you know there's skill and there's art to it so Mm. i would recommend that tomorrow and then um Another one is uh, music-related. Um, I think my f- one of my favorite artists right now is uh, Tosh Sultana. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been releasing singles about every month for the last couple months, so I'm anticipating an album drop soon. She just released a song called Beyond the Pine uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago. I go check that out. I kind of, kind of, when I was making the intro song for this podcast, I was kind of drawing from from her a little bit she's got a really cool chill vibe
0: nice and they, we we definitely have a chill vibe with the new intro and thank you for that <laughs> yeah uh that, that's really cool you could find her like on soundcloud or spotify uh,
1: um i'm sure she's on spotify i use apple music mm-hmm. so uh i think she's on most streaming services
0: okay yeah we'll definitely uh, check also out
1: youtube she has an incredible youtube Uh, videos. She's Mm a a solo looping artist. She does everything on her own.
0: Nice. Uh, So check out. She has a team. Check out Tosh Sultana. Sultana. Uh, I'll have to check her out. Uh, I'm I'm down for some chill music. Uh, I haven't really been watching much of anything. I find it super hard during this pandemic to like get into a movie. Like we talked in the beginning of this podcast how, like, we love the cinema experience and. Mm Like, like I'm really starting to miss it because, like, uh, it's hard for me to focus, like, to watch, like, like watch, like, a movie, like, on Netflix or on Disney Plus, just because I'm, like, messing with my phone or the lights aren't down. And it's, like, when, when you go, when you walk into the theater and you sit down, and the lights go down, you have, like, your popcorn, your soda, like, you're focused on the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's really difficult yep. when there's multiple distractions going on. I agree with that. Maybe your roommate's like playing like music in the next room. It's like, it's really hard for me to like watch like a serious like movie now. But uh, I'll hopefully on the next episode I'll watch like uh, some movies that are in my queue I've been wanting to uh, get caught up on. Uh, But I've been uh, I've been rewatching Hamilton on Disney Uh, Plus. I I remember when this first came out and I forgot to mention this on, on the podcast is I, 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 I went in like completely, like, I didn't really know. Any, I knew what Hamilton was and I knew who Lin, uh, Manuel Miranda was, but I was like, Oh, I'll check out what the hype is all about. And I freaking love Hamilton. Like it, the, the songs are so unique. I love that he, Lin, Lin, manuel Miranda, like he, he didn't, like it's obviously a Broadway play, but he the songs are hip hop influenced and R and B influenced, and a lot of the, the and a lot of the founding fathers that he like casted like in these roles, like they're they're black, Hispanic, like they're different mm-hmm. races, they're, like they weren't white, like they originally were, and I just find it super like progressive and just just it's just super nice to like watch right now. And like the songs are real are the songs are really amazing. I've been listening to the soundtrack nonstop uh but yeah i I get this isn't really a recommendation because mostly everyone's seen it already, but
1: I have it just, I'll tell uh, you that
0: uh, <laughs> I so highly see, recommend there's it.
1: there's a rec- there's uh number one on my list number one recommendation I'll put
0: yeah watch Hamilton.
1: My roommates watched it the other day, and and I kind of kind of walked past it a couple times and I'm like, all right, you know mm hmm no, Marley's it's, telling me. I'll definitely I'll definitely check it out.
0: Yeah, it's just it's it it's I I like that it's on Disney Plus because Disney Plus is like $6 a month and you are able to watch like a Broadway like play for only $6 and I believe like when Hamilton was uh actually like on Broadway like tickets were going for like $800. So and wow. you got like the way they shot it, you were <laughs> you're like sitting like in the front row it's like the like the shots are like planned out for you it's super easy to watch and stuff like that and it's just entertaining so yeah i recommend hamilton on disney plus That's a really good all right really good thing to watch and the soundtrack's really good too but yeah well um, thank you
1: very much for uh having me on this podcast oh no problem I, i like what you guys are doing i don't think i don't know if you noticed but i i'm a subscriber now
0: yeah uh i i noticed that thank you for subscribing and also jose um you can subscribe to this podcast at 99 cents a month and uh it's uh thank you thank you thank you very much for subscribing very thank you for thank you for the intro and uh where can where can people find you on the internet
1: uh, on the internet, the only place I'm on is SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just look up Cameron Avery, um, and I'm I'll be like w- the second or third guy listed. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it says Berkeley any at the moment, but uh, my URL is C Avery underscore 60. You have it in the in the description. So mm-hmm. I post I post things kind of sell them lately you know they're all just kind of jams I'm a, I'm a big jamming artist you know i haven't really developed into a songwriting process yet but mm-hmm. uh I, I post a lot of cool jam ideas that i'm, I'm into so
0: it's all a process mm-hmm. so but uh definitely check uh check out a soundcloud cameron soundcloud it's uh if if you want chill vibes cameron's your guy so cool.
1: thank <laughs> yeah. you appreciate it marley oh no problem uh yeah, i'd love to be on the show anytime
0: yeah for sure you're welcome back anytime uh if you want to just vibe so
1: yeah that was that that was an hour that was only an hour right <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i could i could talk to you for a couple hours exactly More like hours
0: uh but yeah my name is Martin silverbrand and uh and for Cam- Cameron Avery, uh we're signing off